The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. to another edition of Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Haley Sutton, Aisha Morrison, Jess Navarez, and ladies, this is just one of those weeks where we are really just trying to figure out what is important to discuss when you look at this matchup coming up yeah. on Sunday. Obviously facing a Texans team that is, to put it lightly, struggling. Uh, a 1-10-1 and team that has just simply not figured it out this year. They've had quarterbacks in and out of the lineup. They've got wide receivers in and out of the lineup. Really their strongest uh, asset on offense is their running back, Damian Pierce, a guy who's a rookie, uh, coming off of a game against the Browns where he had 18 carries for 73 yards, averaging about 4.1 a carry, and has just three touchdowns this season. So when you talk about that really being your biggest offensive threat, seems like an easy matchup. We'll get into that in a little bit because we don't ever want to overlook anyone in this league. But, Jess, I kind of want to go to you. You have been scouting this Texans team. What stands out to you about them? Oh, okay. I'm going to try to be nice about this, (laughs) y'all. Look, no, but really, like you said, this is a team that's struggling. However, and we'll get into that, you don't want this Dallas team to fall flat to this kind of team. This is a team that really is is losing uh, that versatility and that depth within their wide receiver core. Injury bug. I mean, really, that that doesn't help an already struggling team. But Damian Pierce, again, I wanted to go back to that because surprisingly enough, his I mean, his the most yardage he had in a game this uh, season I mentioned yesterday was against Philly. It was 139 yards where he averaged, uh, let's see, a little bit more over five yards per carry there, um, 27 touches on the ball. And then going backwards, it's kind of interesting when when you look at these players and their best weeks because week four was his second uh, most yardage in a game, 131 yards. That game, he averaged 9.4 yards per carry there, Ooh. only 14 touches on the ball. Uh, week five against the good. Jags, which when taking my notes, really that was a great game for the Texans against the Jags. He had 99 yards, averaged 3.8 yards per carry for 26 touches. Touches, uh, there. So again, he is going to be who Houston really tries to establish early on. He had 72% of the uh, snap count last week as well. So uh, running back Damian Pierce, not to be slept on. However, the wide receiver core, because we keep talking about the cornerback matchups within this game. And uh, I would tell you to keep an eye out for Brandon Cooks, but it doesn't it's a big question mark right now. He didn't play last week um, against the Browns when they played there, but he would be a very good threat uh, and a good test, I think, for that cornerback core uh, for the Cowboys. However, big question mark there. I would also tell you to keep an eye out for <laughs> wide receiver ne- wide receiver Nico Collins. However, again, uh, we big question mark. We don't know. So then that leaves us with two more guys that I want you to keep in mind. And again, these aren't going to be stats that jump off the page and and really tell you, uh, wow, they're such threats. Again, y'all, we're trying to be nice, okay? (laughs) Um, So tight end Brevin Jordan is actually coming off of his uh, best game so far this season. He had 46 yards for four receptions, average about 11 points. 
5 yards per catch. So a little bit of a, a tight end uh, wide receiver. Interesting little combination there. Overall this season, though, he's only caught the ball 10 times, but for a total of 78 yards. So interesting there. And then wide receiver Chris Moore, um, he averages about 11.6 yards per catch. He only has two touchdowns so far this season, and he had a great week against the Browns last week where he had 55% of the snap count. So overall, again, we are talking about a battered Houston Texans team, and uh, it's going to be very telling uh, for their resilience on their side of the ball, how they continue to wrap up this season. But not much as far as threats go for this team other than getting that run game established early with Damian Pierce. Yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting uh, matchup. And when you talk about Damian Pierce, a few weeks ago, whenever this second half of the season started after the bye week, the big question mark was that run defense, how they were going to be able to stop the laundry list of elite running backs that came through their schedule. It started with Aaron Jones, and then it went into Dalvin Cook, and then it went into Saquon Barkley, and then even last week with Jonathan Taylor, and now you're on to that next list of Damian Pierce. This matchup to me, I don't want to say screams trap game, because it, it could be, it shouldn't be, but it could be, right? But you still have to respect the fact that this is a guy playing his first ever, you know, professional minutes with an organization that really hasn't set him up for success. But, uh, and Aisha, I'll go to you for this first. How much of an opportunity is this for the Dallas run game to show that they are continued improvement? Because I know a conversation that happened after the Vikings game and then even after that Giants game was, well, you know, they, they they ran up the offense, so it was easy for the run defense to be shored up. So now that you have the opportunity to face another running threat, how much of an opportunity is it for the run defense to continue to show that improvement? Um, it's a huge opportunity. It's important to me for them to continue this opportunity, well, to continue to play well during this opportunity. One thing that the players have echoed multiple times is that it's not about who they're playing. They're trying to set a standard for themselves and how they play. And we've talked about it all se- all season. We just want consistency. So with them, I've, I think it's important for them to come out and cons- show that they can consistently stop the run and obviously just consistently play complimentary football or whatever. But with, with Damian, like, yeah, they're going to have to tackle him because he will hit you in the mouth. He's one of those gut check to me. He's a gut check, toughness check uh, running backs. And if, as you saw, like Philly wasn't prepared for them, and they have one of the better defensive lines in the league. So, I mean, nine point what yards a carry? That's insane. I know. I rose like, whoo. That's insane. But that just also tells you that he is a he's a momentum back. So once he gets going, he can definitely just continue to chug those yards. So this is a good opportunity for them to just get in there and be dominant on the run, get a feel for it, because a lot of run defense is getting a feel for it and positioning. Also, this allows maybe Dan Quinn to use some rotations that we maybe haven't seen, try out some stuff. I think it's a good opportunity for them to show consistency again. Yeah, and it's interesting because you see that game against Philly, and, you know, we we know how Philly's doing this season. We don't have to talk about that yet. That's in a couple of weeks. Um, But (laughs) it's interesting to see uh, those stats against Philly because really – Right now, so far this season, he's only averaging 4.3 yards per carry. He only has three touchdowns, which is 
pretty crazy to think when he's your biggest threat really right now uh, on the offense. And so something I wanted to mention there, but also going back to your point about complimentary football, that is such a cliche basic term that um, I don't think I've ever heard so much in my life until I started really. <laughs> no, but actually same. I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's one thing for yeah. sure that we're going to talk about in this building. Complimentary, it's football. complimentary football. I don't think I've, I've heard that term so much as I, I have this season. And, and look for a good reason, because it works and it's, a necessity for this team to be successful, and we've seen that. But something I wanted to mention that I don't think I've mentioned this week so far is the Cowboys have scored 33 points in a span of about 11 minutes in the fourth quarter against the Colts. These are the teams that haven't scored 33 points in a game this season, all right? You're going to like this. The Commanders, the Rams, the Steelers, the Broncos, the Giants, the Browns, the uh, the Texans, the Titans, and the Bucks. So again, when you're playing complimentary football and you are shattering those kind of records, putting up those kind of numbers, you're doing something right. And so I think really this game specifically, I don't want to call it a trap game because by no means should this team lose to the Texans. I mean, by no means, but it is something that is, I think, more of a mental test for them. Yeah. to not get overly confident and keep themselves level-headed going into it. Um, we know what they're capable of doing when they play their best and they get going early. For me personally, that's what I'm looking for. I want to see an early start. I don't want to see the game being solidified in the fourth quarter because that's not always going to work when you're talking, uh, you know, December football down the road, <laughs> Eagles. Um, but for this game, I want to see the consistency of starting early in the first quarter. I don't want to go three and out that first drive. That drives me absolutely wild. Um, And I think really that's one of the missing pieces that this Cowboys team has been lacking is getting that early start, solidifying this win early on. So that way you don't have, uh, you know, possible injuries later on because God forbid something like that were to happen because you had to solidify the game in the last half or the last quarter. So that's really what I'm looking for this week. Yeah, I think that the message this week has been pretty clear too, especially when given all of the distractions that have been in this building today. I love listening to the guys joke around about it being a circus here. And they're, you know, they're not wrong. It is a circus. There's always something going on. And I think that's just the way the Cowboys way, you know, they always want something big. They always want to be in the headlines. And so um, I love that Dak was asked that question because he has just kind of grown accustomed to being able to have distractions and stay focused on the things that matter. And I know we get the coaches speak every week of like, oh, we're just taking it one game at a time. We are just focused on this matchup, blah, blah, blah. But Mike McCarthy has been so intentional this week in reiterating that specifically for this week, naturally with the Odell Beckham news and this being a game, a rivalry for whoever wants to call it that, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, sure. But I, I just love how intentional he's been all week. You know, he says, I'm not letting the guys take the bait of being, you know, influenced by the spread or being influenced by the fact that we're favorites. Even today, he said that he showed them the video of Michael Jordan taking the torch from uh, Magic Johnson and how that's kind of helping motivate them. So I I do think that there's a level of focus this week that I don't want to say hasn't been here in the past, but it certainly feels like it's much more of an emphasis this week, which Mm -hmm. is interesting given the matchup, but it just speaks to the volume, I think, of how serious this team is taking this week. Yeah, it's about them. It's about, like, and that's just listening to them. It seems like... This game is more about them just doing what they're supposed to do as opposed to being worried about everything else that's going on. You mentioned getting off to a fast start. I think that's important for them confident-wise, confidence-wise, and 
also allowing them to get in a rhythm early. I, I hope that's something that we see. But this defensively, though, the Texans, I don't know where they rank against the pass. It's not bad, though. It's not terrible. Against the pass, they are 13th. Yeah, they're not bad against the pass. So they do have some guys that, I mean, Stingley looks like he didn't practice today. So that's a big part of their secondary and probably a big part of, you know, why they're able to do those things. So I also want to see, you know, some of the receivers get involved. I think this is this game could be a good confidence builder for a lot of guys if they go out and execute well. Like that's half of it. It's just executing well and yeah. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, there's really not much else to say. At, at the end of the day, <laughs> there's another there term. There it go. They it, got you. Look, complimentary football. At the end of the day, there's terms in this. It's building just like anything. Ebb and flow. That's the big toolbox. One. That's the yeah. big one for Mike McCarthy. I actually, um, <laughs> I'll have to go find in my one of my old notebooks. But there was a day when Mike was speaking, and that is like his go-to filler when he's trying to think of what he can say without mm. giving away too much of his information. Is when he goes, you know, at the end of the day, and I, I literally was like. At the end of the day, I told y'all. The yeah, the, the, the first week we were here, Aisha pointed that out, and I was like, "No, no, it's not. It's not that bad." And then you start really listening, and everybody says it. Everybody, Jerry, coaches, players, right. owners, uh, yeah. media. Everybody says at the end of the day, uh, fans. Even I was at the game, and there was somebody behind me that said at the end of the day, and I went, "Oh God, Aisha, no." <laughs> <laughs> the trickle down effect. <laughs> um, but the point is, is they they should win this game. I, there's no if ands buts. I mean, just come on. Like I'm not. I'm, I'm just. There's no. There's nothing else to say about it. But it is another opportunity to gain confidence, and I'm glad you brought that up because I think we've been on the up and up of seeing these players build that confidence, and you see that in Michael Gallup, Ceedee Lamb. You see those connections uh, forming with Dak, and and yeah, I think this goes back to when Dak returned to this team. We talked about how they would be on a bit of a different timeline compared to other teams, and how that confidence and those connections would be established later in the season, well, it's later. And you're seeing that payoff now of, um, you know, everything that happened this season and everything, how it transpired. But you're seeing that now. And December football, December is the best time to get that going. And this is the perfect game to do new things and establish your confidence and execute and not have penalties and all of the good stuff. Maybe your kicker gets some kicks because I think he might be getting bored too. Hey, I mean, uh, it's, the yeah. tr- it's, it's the truth. Like, maybe your kicker gets some kicks in this game because that's one thing is like, Cha-ching. remember when Brett had a million points? He was like yeah. outscoring mm-hmm. the whole rest of the team and now, like, because the offense is clicking, he's not kicking the ball as much. It's not a bad thing necessarily, also, but I wonder if you let him get some reps and stay fresh and stay locked in as a kicker and you get Cavante Turpin to take one home this could be a, a good week for that mm-hmm. perhaps uh I talked to him in the locker room and I said hey so uh when we seeing that what's what's going on when when are you taking one home and he's like I'm really honed in on this week this this week I feel it mm-hmm. and something that I really enjoy about talking to Cavante Turpin that I wish more people had the chance to do and and you ladies know this is he's just such a joy to talk to mm-hmm. every week it's the same kind of energy and the same excitement for what he does and and I just appreciate that so much but I was telling him um, when I saw him in the locker room I said of all the years I've been to games as a fan um, 
I've never seen the kind of reaction that he gets when he's when he's returning the ball. I've never seen that. I mean, there were fans behind me like, let's go, Terp, like yeah. screaming louder than they were for the defense. And it was just really cool to see. So I gave him those kudos, and he said, well, I have to take one home for the fans. They they deserve it. So yeah. It's been go. a while since you've had a, a, like a prime returner, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. It actually was one of the downfalls of – this offense or this team, I think special teams, especially before uh, Bones got here, was that you didn't have a prime returner. You weren't really getting anything there, and it's so important for your offense um, to get going, which brings me to my second point. The Texans have a decent returner in Desmond King who definitely can help flip the field, so special teams coverage is going to have to be on point this game too because he can definitely help out that offense a little bit and get some of those hidden yards that we don't talk about that much. A lot of things that we can be looking forward to in this matchup, and nobody better to break it down than someone who is in the building in Houston. I've got my good friend DJ Bienemy, who works for ESPN, covers the Texans, joining us on the phone when we return in our second block of Girls Talk Boys Talk. We will see you then. We're going to take our first break. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. <sighs> know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With Blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at Blockchain.com. Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We have got ESPN Houston Texans reporter DJ Bienemy on the phone to talk a little Texans-Cowboys. But before we get there, let's go to Jess. Well, experience the magic of the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters during Christmas time. With your ticket, you'll enjoy a 45-minute guided tour, Christmas cookies, delicious, and a takeaway limited edition Dallas Cowboys ornament. Also so cute. Oh, my goodness. I want to sign up for this. Uh, select dates are now available, and they will sell out fast. So book your visit now before I book to get all of those Christmas <laughs> cookies. You can do that at thestartfrisco.com slash tours if you're interested. So we're excited about the cookies. You said it so hard. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm so hungry. <laughs> uh, DJ, thanks so much for being on with us. Uh, this is such a treat. We normally, you're a special 
addition here because normally we bring on ladies to talk because this is our all-female podcast in the Cowboys. So we are giving you a very special pass to be on our show today. So thank you for joining us. No problem. I'll make sure I do my best. You know, you know, this is a great opportunity. I don't want to fumble the bag. <laughs> I mess up, man. <laughs> no pressure. Oh, DJ, I know you just came out of that Texans locker room. And just right off the top, what is the, you know, what is the energy, the morale like in a week like this where, you know, everything points in favor of the opposition and, you know, we know what's been going on with that franchise. How, how do the guys prepare for this? What's the mood like as they prepare for Sunday's game? I think the mood is throughout the majority of the year, you know, even amongst all the losing, like they've still been fairly professional and they've still been locked in because like, in all honesty, the majority of this team is on basically one-year type of deals. Or even the guys that are making a lot of money, like they don't have any more guaranteed money next year, so they all have to still put forth their best type of film so they can get the bag next year. Um, so in reality, like they're still all professional. Like now, is it like would it is it the same as if they were like ten one and one? You know what I'm saying? They would probably be a lot more energetic, but for the most part, they're still handling things as professionals would. And then on top of that, like the majority. The other half that aren't like you know, um, on one-year deals, they're young rookies. So it's like I'm still trying to prove myself in the NFL, like Damian Pierce or Jalen Petrie or Sting. Even though Sting won't play, so yeah, for the most part, like it's it, it doesn't give the vibe of like uh, we're just here, like you know we're not here to actually go and compete. Like we're just here so we don't get fined. <laughs> it, it gives off more like hey, no, we're still gonna put our best foot forward because we're still professionals and we're gonna do the best that we can. DJ, so I was listening to head coach Levy Smith talk about the Cowboys specifically and how he said this is a chance for the Texans to really step up and uh, a chance for them to take another step forward in a more positive direction. What do you think the key is for this game for the team to do that, and what do they have to do early on and get established? I mean, it's going to sound cliches, but they got to they got to establish the run. Like, damn, like, they really do have to establish the run because there's a good chance Nico Collins doesn't play a really good chance Brandon Cooks doesn't play. So if you're down your two best receivers, you can't turn it into a drop back siesta. Like you have to be able to run the ball. You have to be some type of balance. Like that's how they're able to keep it close against the Eagles on Thursday night football because Damian Pierce is able to rush for over 100 yards that game, and that allowed David Smith to play complimentary football. Um, so that's the only chance they have to even keep it competitive. Like Damian Pierce, they have to find a way to get Damian Pierce going, whether it's in the beginning like kind of throwing the Cowboys off by throwing the ball a little bit more to back off um, the linebackers and the safeties in the box, and then you can get Damian Pierce going. Um, or just from the, from the beginning, just like, hey, we're going to try to be physical, we're going to try to run the ball, and we're going to get the game going that way because that's the only way they have any shot because, um, I, mean, I mean, just from a talent perspective, it's not even like remotely close, you know? Yeah, we're laughing because we were just talking in our last break. Like the the word of the team this year is complimentary football, and like we just were laughing about how much the Cowboys use that term. So when you said complimentary <laughs> football, we were all cracking up. Um, hi, DJ. It's Aisha. I wanted to. Hi, Aisha. Hi, hi, hi. <laughs> uh, so um, one thing that I noticed is that um, Davis Mills seems a little more willing to pass the ball around than Kyle Allen. Um, do you foresee the game plan being the same with Damian this game? Well, with Damian, well, with Damian, Davis Mills coming back this game, um, are you thinking they're going to implement just completely stick to the run? Because it feels like with Davis, they get a little bit more open to pass the ball as opposed to than what they were with Kyle Allen. 
Um, I think this will probably get to like let's get Damian going because they know if they let Allen, no, not Allen, well Allen too, but they let Mills throw it all games. He's gonna throw interceptions. Like he's yeah. he's missed the last two games and he's still third in the NFL in interceptions. That kind of lets you know what type of year he's having. Um, so yeah, I think the game plan is still gonna be fairly similar. Like some of the plays might be a little bit different, like that suit that uh, suit Davis Mills skill set. But a lot of this game, from my perspective and from the pass attack, is gonna be. Can Davis trust what he's seen? Because like a lot of his interceptions are him not trusting what he's seen and being late. Um, if he can anticipate a little bit better, he'll give himself a better shot um, in this game. But uh, to be honest, I mean, still like, I mean, who's he going to anticipate the ball to? <laughs> you know, like, I mean, you know, like, <laughs> like, you... It, it, you know, it's, it's a tough matchup across the board. You know. With that being said, how do you feel about how the uh, Texans' offensive line has played so far? You got a couple guys on there, the rookie Keon Green um, and then Laramie Tunsil. How do you got, think those gentlemen have played this season to start? So it's like a mixed bag in terms of the offensive line because it's like there's things that you can't point to, right? Like the run game because Damian Pierce is on pace to have over 1,000 yards rushing. Like that's so impressive for a rookie, and you can't do that without an offensive line. Mm-hmm. And then the tackle duo, Titus Howard, and Laramie Tunsil, they've both been really good this year. Um, Tunsil's playing at an all-pro level. Howard's playing more at a all – I mean, more at a Pro Bowl level. But they've both been, like, really, really good. Like, look at some of the metrics, whether it's PFF, the grades there, or even just look at the total, like, amount of – I think they've only combined to allow, I believe, less than three sacks the entire year and probably less than, I believe, like, 35 pressures between the two all season. And it's not like they haven't gone against good D-line. They've gone against Crosby. They've gone against the Miami front. They've gone against um, Tennessee's front. And they've been able to still hold their own. It's just the interior is when a lot of the issues are. Like, Kenny Green, he started off strong. And then the Tennessee game, it's like that's kind of when he kind of hit his wall, mm-hmm. um, when he was going against Jeffrey Simmons. Um, and, you know, Simmons kind of had his way. He's kind of been struggling in that aspect for a while. That's why I've kind of rotated him and the backup, Justin McCray, at guard, I see that. Um, you know, they've rotated in like series here and there where like, you know, one will be in for like two series, the other one will be in for a series and kind of go from there. But, um, you know, it's kind of been a mixed bag because there's been some pros and then, you know, there's obviously been some cons. Tracking. DJ, we were talking in our first block about how, you know, this is obviously a game that the Cowboys should win and should win pretty handily. But on the flip side of that, just the effect of in the event that the Texans do find a way to win, that obviously takes away a lot of the credibility that this team has spent the last half of this season building. But from what you've seen out of these guys in your time covering the Texans, what do you think a win on Sunday for Houston would mean to that organization? Oh, that would keep, uh, you know, that would, you know, turn the temperature down a little bit on Lovey Smith's seat. Um, that would also turn the temperature down a little bit on Nick Casario's seat. Because um, both of them, you know, Lovey more than Nick, but both of them, they're starting to catch a little more flack because, you know, um, they're one ten and one Like, no matter how, um, no matter what the expectation was coming into the year, being one ten and one after 12 weeks was never, ever going to be acceptable, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um that's kind of what they're at, they're at right now. So that's what it would mean. You know, I think from from my perspective, it would just lessen the heat that is on their seats. 
um, that's all I can really think bars. of. I mean, cause again, it's going to the playoffs. So, I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, bars. Have you felt a sense that these guys are playing with the idea of, you know, we have nothing to lose, we're just going to get out there and give it the old college try and see how it works out, or what's kind of been the mentality as far as the preparation has gone? It kind of goes back to um, my earlier point. Like a lot of these guys, um, when you deal like half of their half of their defense is on. Like they're like they're so on their D line. They have that are starting. They have um, I don't know his last name, so I'm not going to reply. But we call him Obi. He's 45. <laughs> you have Jerry Hughes on the other side. He's 55. You have um, Rasheem Green, 92, and you have uh, Roy Lopez, and you also have Malik Collins. So like four of those guys are could potentially be free agents at the end of the year. Because Jerry Hughes is on a two-year deal, but all the money is guaranteed in year one. So he's basically he's not on a one-year deal, but he's kind of on a one-year deal. So then you also have the linebackers, um, Christian Kirksey, their best linebacker is on a one-year deal. And then you have their safety, Jonathan Owens, who's their starter, their leading tackler. He's a free agent at the end of the year. You have Desmond King. He's a free agent at the end of the year, one of their other corners that replaces Stingley. You have the Fires <laughs> Thomas. He's the slot corner who replaced King who went out on the outside, he's also on a one-year deal. You also have Steve Nelson on a two-year deal, but all this money is guaranteed in year one. So, for the most part, like, these guys understand what it is. <laughs> I have to go out there and do my due diligence. I have to put on good film <laughs> for this team in 2023 or my next team in 2023. Mm-hmm. So that's why, like, you haven't really seen a plethora of games where they're just out there getting dog walked. Like, it's happened recently. But, like, majority of the year, they weren't getting dog walked because, again, most of these guys are professionals and they're pros. Like, that's why it's kind of, like, tricky that they're, they're, they're bad, but they're not young. Mm-hmm. That's why, like, the rebuild still at least looks kind of murky because, you know, you, when you're rebuilding, you prefer a young team that can continue to grow and you have guys on cheap contracts that are young so they can continue to get that experience and improve. A lot of these guys kind of hit their, their ceiling in terms of what they'll be in the NFL. They kind of are who they are. So, ball security being a bit of an issue for this team uh, so far this season. Of course, I was reading up earlier about um, some of the focus on, on pre- in practice for all of that. But how do you think this uh, <laughs> this team can really hone in on this Cowboys defense? Uh, facing this Cowboys defense, I should say, on the ball security, especially with the amount of ball hawks and the aggressiveness that this Cowboys defense is playing with this so far this season. Man, yeah, they're going to – I mean, they're going to be careful. Um, I mean, yeah, Pearson had some fumbles this year, but it hasn't really been like an issue. I think, like, he had, like, two against uh, – I think it was either the Bears or the Broncos. It was one of the two, and mm-hmm. then, yeah, one against the Giants. Um, but in terms of ball security, yeah, like Davis Mills has to be smart. With wherever he's getting the ball to, though on time can't be late, and obviously has to be accurate. I mean, if he, my mama just texted something obscene, but oh, if, <laughs> hi mom, <laughs> text your mom back. Tell her you're tell her you're on the pod, mom. Mom, I'm busy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, mom's always knowing to do that. Speaking of together, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what she texted you, but it's, text your mom a bit. What I would say, Davis Mills has to be accurate, has to be on time, has to make good decisions. Because, like, his ball placement isn't really the issue. It's the timing of when he throws a lot of his passes. Because sometimes he doesn't trust what he's seen and he throws it late. And then that gives the safeties or the corners time to jump the route. Um, that's what happened against the Raiders in the fourth quarter, against the um, Giants in the fourth quarter. 
you know, that's kind of what's been his issue is he he locks on and he doesn't trust what he sees. Mm-hmm. And then when he throws it, he just gives people the time to jump it. Because you look at most of the majority of his picks, a lot of it's from, like, these and linebackers. It's not really, like, on the outside where mm-hmm. cornerbacks are the ones that are really feasting. It's really more the people that um, roam, you know, that kind of roam like safeties, linebackers, and things like that. Does that change at all, knowing that the Cowboys' secondary right now is in a bit of a, a struggle bus, for lack of better terms? Uh, I mean, I saw what they did to Matt Ryan <laughs> last week. So, I mean, nothing oh. really changes in that aspect. So, like, I kind of – I mean, Matt Ryan's better than Davis Mills. So, <laughs> yikes. That's kind of that, yeah. Well, DJ, we know that you are in your first season with the Houston Texans. We are all in our first season with the Dallas Cowboys. Before we let you go, what has been your favorite part of being in Houston and working with that franchise and with ESPN? Because you just got the move to ESPN. Um, to be honest, everything, if I include everything that comes with me working at ESPN and, and moving from New York, I would say that is the fact that I much just apartment and i'm only paying eight hundred dollars like, <laughs> i know oh, that's wow. right that rent bro changes you <laughs> no, I think that's, that's number one on the list <laughs> dj thank you so much text your mama back tell her we're sorry for keeping you from responding to whatever text she sent and we will see you on sunday for the game at at&t stadium no problem thank you all for having me we'll see you on sunday Perfect. DJ Bienemy of ESPN, who covers the Texans. A lot of really good insight in yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved how he talked about these guys playing with kind of nothing to lose, not just because of, you know, the current season, but just from a, you know, a free agency standpoint, mm-hmm. what they could maybe put on tape for other teams to see or, you know, kind of securing their spot on that team. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, so that, I mean, so like we were talking about, like, Whole world watching you playing the Cowboys. Micah talked about it. These guys may come out and play hard, so they're just going to have to be prepared. And especially since he he mentioned something that I totally forgot about is, yeah, there are quite a few veteran guys on this team, on the Texans, that are on one-year deals that are on, I call one-year deals, prove-it deals. Mm -hmm. And so you best believe they're going to definitely try to take the advantage to, to prove what they're capable of. And there are some gentlemen that can play the game at a high level over there. So the insight on the offensive line was helpful. Yeah, it was helpful because Kenyon Green actually was taken, I believe, before Tyler Smith and uh, like a lot of the comparisons and stuff. And just to see then how Tyler is still fighting through, like hitting the rookie wall and all that stuff. It it gives you insight in comparison to some of his his uh, draft mates and hopefully some appreciation from Cowboys fans for Tyler Smith, because I feel like. It's so easy to get caught up on the negatives and, you know, me, queen of penalties, I know I'm I'm saying this, but I also give kudos where kudos is due. And so today I made sure to go up to Tyler and say, hey, I give you all the kudos for your mental focus this week and and uh, shutting people up, including myself. So I appreciate that. (laughs) So uh, he laughed about it and, and all is well there. But also it shows you the difference that the veteran leadership within that O line can make for a player like Tyler Smith, who is young, impressionable and upcoming. So I think having you know, now with with the return of Tyron Smith, which we'll get into after the break, but um, it, it shows you, again, just another reason you should be so thankful that this Cowboys team is in the position it is right now. Lots of good insight as we wrap 
up this week's talking about the Texans. We're going to take our third, second, and final break for our third block. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about Tyron Smith and some of these guys we expect to have a big game. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. <sighs> know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. It's Smoothie King's original angel food and new angel food slim without added sugar. You no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your goals this summer. You don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great. Because at Smoothie King, every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups, so you can satisfy your cravings without compromise. The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic angel food or the new angel food slim, blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day. Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating. We're going to get into some guys we want you to pay attention to on Sunday. But first, we're going to pay attention to Jess. Well, the NFL is back, it's all in caps, in Las Vegas with your reimagined Pro Bowl games. And the roster is in your hands, people. You have the power here. Now, vote to see your favorite players compete like never before. Text vote to three, excuse me, to 635635 or visit nfl.com slash Pro Bowl Games Vote. Get yeah. to voting. Yeah, I, better don't vote. I don't know how I feel about the Pro Bowl. Can we talk about that really I fast? I was just about to say. Fun? Because, well, so here's the thing. The Pro Bowl has like historically, not historically, but as of late, it's just become a joke, right? Because these guys don't. They don't care about going out and and it's just like a, a like a reunion, right? Like, oh yeah. my boy, like let's <laughs> go out there, you know. And so it's historically a boring game, but now it's like we're voting these guys who are playing their best ball, and we're voting for them because they're good on the football field to go play ping pong in Las Vegas. I mean, but that's no, the reality. You know the what truth, I mean? It's no... like. It's not the same. At least I, I mean, just I, wonder if it ha- it hits the same. I was wondering. I was hoping that maybe they could change some of the skill stuff or just you know do hmm. some different competitions or whatever the case may be. Because the game in itself, like you said, these guys are out there. Just I mean, they let Stefan, they let Diggs, Diggs run around on Stefan last year. I said, what is this? Just yeah. for fun. I think a lot of it is for the fans. It is it's more for fun. the fan experience sure. to show up and you get to vote who you want to go see and. Uh, just you know, football fans going to see their favorite players all in one spot. It's it's for the fans. It's 
you know, but some of the fans, fans. want to see the best players go against the best players. Like, That's the point. Is do like you want to go it. out there and see Jalen versus Tua no. in a cornhole tournament? Well, no, they want to go out there and take selfies with these people. But that's I'm just saying, like it was really hard to play Haley. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm about I'm gonna you, Google the Pro Bowl games. I'm really struggling with playing cornhole. Okay, I'm just saying it's it's not an easy game to play. I'm not coordinated at all. None of that <laughs> stuff. So, but no, I, I I feel the same way, man. It's it's from the time I was a kid, it's gotten far less you know interesting to watch yeah. just because it's not they're not really doing anything competitively besides the drills and some of that stuff. That's kind of cool. Look, it's for the fans. That's, <laughs> That's a good way to put it's it. It's for the fans. It's just for the people. Mm-hmm. There is going to be an AFC versus NFC flag games. Okay. I don't know if that, I guess that means flag football. It just says flag games. So, so I, they not But try. I wouldn't be surprised if it was so not. Is that the game? <laughs> the schedule says the pregame is NFL flag presented by Subway Youth Championships. And then live Probo Sk- Probo. Pro Bowl skills challenges, <laughs> AFC versus NFC, NFL flag games, and a live musical performance. And I think that will probably be the highlight. Wait, wait, wait. Who's the live musical performance? I'm sure. Know? We I, know it ain't Taylor Swift. I, was just gonna I, I wasn't going to say it. Guys, it I wasn't going to say that. I, I appreciate you thinking of me saying that, but I wasn't going to say that. We will see. We'll see how exciting. I was exciting, just curious. How just... exciting these uh, Pro Bowl oh. reimagine. I, and I love that they're calling it that, too. Like, Reimagine. It reminds me of Disney. Like, Like, it's very Disney esque. If you go to the Super Bowl, you don't go to the Pro Bowl, yeah? Right. Okay. There you go. But manifesting that the Cowboys won't be taking part in that because they have other things that (laughs) they're going to be focusing on. Alternatives. There we go. (laughs) We'll see. Manifesting. But still go vote. Yes. Please vote. We're not trying to take away from that. We do want Pro Bowlers on our team. We just want to. But I just wanted to vent about that. The sites are set on. On something a little bit bigger for this nah, team. Tank hopefully. said, "Go vote." He felt the way. On Tank Twitter. did feel he the type said, of way. Yeah, did. let's talk about oh, that. Y'all, y'all better like he not did. like that. But no, but he was. He was fired up. He, I think it was like he said, "The fact that I'm not in the top ten is <laughs> offensive, ludicrous." <laughs> well, well, for us, Luda. I think just like you were talking about, though, is that people kind of not necessarily forget about it, but it's just not the same priority thing like that anymore. So I honestly was like, I thought, oh, I need to go vote myself. Look, right. well, I'm going to be. Now they're not going to forget. Right. They're not going to forget about it now because we just reminded them. And usually around this time, we do see Tank passing by right here uh, around this time. So Tank, if you are listening, we're all going to vote. Don't, don't you we worry. We got you, bud. We got you. Because he was firing people up on Twitter. On Twitter, he did. I'm looking at the tweet, and it's the the emoji use for me. It's oh, like man. all of the angry emojis. That's how you know. That's how you know he's serious. The nerve the angry of emojis. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, my gosh. So Football players and emoji usage, it really... It hits different. Like, I just think we do it. Yeah. I, as a millennial, I love me a good emoji to, for you to understand what I'm Honestly, yeah. don't you feel like somebody is mad at you when they don't use an emoji in the text pack? It, Sometimes. It's an anxiety yeah. thing, maybe. It depends. I'm like, I think punctuation uh, is I'm old. more is that what of you said? a... I think punctuation... Jazzy said it's because I'm old. <laughs> Lord have mercy. We The train oh. has derailed, y'all. <laughs> All right. The train has derailed. But last thing on that, I think punctuation... <laughs> to me, uh, to me, like if Marcel sends me a text and it doesn't have an emoji, I'm okay with that. If he sends me a text and there's like a period at the end Ooh, of the sentence, I'm serious. like, oh Lord, I am in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Which he doesn't do very often. So um, not with a period. Yeah, but it does. It hits it, no, different. Like right. when somebody texts you and they're like, 
we need to talk period. versus we need to talk, period. It's yeah. like... Or the use of, like, your first name. Oh, in I that hate sense. that. Yeah. I'm in trouble at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If Aisha, oh, what I do? Yeah. <laughs> what I do? That's me. For me, day. it's always been because people just naturally have always gravitated to calling me Jess. But when it's Jessica, Jessica. I'm like, oh, what? Oh, God. Am I in trouble? Not my whole name. Or my mom used to be like, Jessica Marie. Oh, geez. All right. <laughs> yeah, mom. What's up? No. I knew I was in trouble. I knew. Oh, my god. And gosh. she's going to laugh hearing that because she knows there was a tone. There was a way she said it. I still, like, if people call me Jessica, I get shivers. I'm like, what did I do? Yeah. So, uh, Dak missed Tyron's grunts. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, back to, back to our, sorry, we, we kind of got off track there a little giggly. bit. But but yeah, uh, Tyron Smith obviously making his way back into the practice groove. I doubt we will see him really anytime soon. Uh, Mickey and I talked about him being back for the Eagles game. Some people think he's going to be available for the Jags game. Uh, so the point is, is it's not this week. But the impact already felt, and we were talking before, you know, when, when all the guys have been asked, you know, what is a guy like Tyron Smith back at practice? How has that impacted the room? And both Dak and Zeke, I love their reaction. They both went, whoa. Yeah. You know, and they both had these, like, physical reactions to hearing yeah. that news Dak talked about today. He said, I heard a lot more grunts than I normally <laughs> do, which tracks because, you know, Tyron's a big guy, Huge. so it probably takes a lot more strength to do things. But uh, really just a, a great addition back into that offensive line. We talked yesterday about, you know, being a Hall of Famer, getting that guy back, you find a way into the lineup. So excited to have him back. I really want to kind of, because we were running short on time, I want to dive into the corners, though, because I know that that's really the biggest talking point, I think, of this team this week with losing Anthony Brown. Kelvin Joseph was back at practice today. He was out sick. I got a chance to speak to him. He seems like he's in good spirits and ready to go. I spoke to Dron Bland. I know you talked to some guys in the locker room. Uh, So just that room in particular, how important is it for them to really have a good week this week. Yeah, um, they feel, talking to the guys, they seem very confident in, you know, just picking up where the other guys left off. Deron Bland, very confident in his ability. Um, Obviously, you touched base with Kelvin Joseph, but I touched base with some of the other safeties because with Kelvin Joseph coming in, being young, being a guy that hasn't had a lot of reps, safety help, communication, all that stuff is going to be important. So I touched base with some of those gentlemen, and they were very confident in his ability and just the ability of the secondary as a whole. But we also talked about is that if this pass rush is humming, it's going to make things better for that secondary. So it's a a trickle-down effect, and those guys seem to all understand that it's going to make it easier for those guys on the back end. They seem together. In, in in my opinion, yeah, I didn't get to I didn't get to talk to very many uh, guys on the secondary. I did. You were doing me. your due diligence with the offensive line. Yeah, I was going more offensive. Divide focus. and conquer, ladies. It, we, did, it, we we were killing it. We were we were jumping around. Uh, talked to Michael Gallup today, and I was I've been wanting to talk to him since last week. And something interesting that he pointed out was, yeah, you know what, Dak and I both coming back from injury this season and getting those new perspectives. It was really interesting to hear what Michael Gallup had to say about perspectives and his new perspective post-injury, which is a little teaser. Maybe I'll put it on Twitter a little bit later. But um, it was really cool. It was really cool to hear that side of him and just how he's gained confidence. Oh, the hair just flew at me um, throughout the span of the season. And there is OBJ <laughs> on the screen OBJ. over here. OBJ. Not literally, guys. He's There's a commercial playing, and it's uh, Danny DeVito? 
not, that's not Danny, Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo and like uh, OBJ over here on our right. We can't get away from he can't. the he, conversation. The, the ghost of Odell Beckham is among us. I'm just, I'm a little shook. I don't like honest, this. Because that is so random. I really want to turn this TV off. All right. Oh my Anyways, gosh. Uh, good stuff there. Tyler Smith continued to say uh, mental focus is still there as far as penalties. And uh, James Washington also had good things to say. He said the connection with Dak is there. He felt great. Um, last week I asked him, how are you feeling? Oh, I feel good. This week it was, I feel great. And I was like, oh, my goodness. All right. So uh, be don't be surprised if uh, you see the return of James Washington sooner rather doing. than later. She's, she's reeling from the ghost of OBJ. The OBJ shook well, us. It didn't help because he had a blingy thing on mm-hmm. and was just walking straight like, I was not expected to see his face back there. I was just not expecting my bad. Y'all. It's not like insight. That's not like insight, we y'all. Like get him out. He, OBJ was literally on the screen that we have over here to our right, <laughs> and uh, that's it. There, there's no breaking news. Like, don't yeah, take please, that and run with that. Don't take that. We uh, it's just short attention no, span. On we have Thursday. no update on OBJ. No, so uh, when we do, we'll bring it to you. He just happened to be on the TV, so that was a good there's one. Tank. There's Tank. Hey. Yeah. So Tank's hopping on the radio. So you guys switch over, listen to what he has to say on the fan but that'll do it for us this week on girls talk boys talk a lot of really good conversation this week ladies i always appreciate your insight and your ability to roll with the punches um so that'll do it for us this week on girls talk boys talk for aisha morrison and jess navarez i am Haley sutton we will do this all again next week this has been a production of dallascowboys.com and the dallas cowboys football club how about this cowboys yeah!